Hi guys, welcome back to Chirping with ABA Owls. This is part two of ABA Programs Tutors. Yeah, okay, and so we've been talking a lot about what a tutor is, what are their roles, when do you run sessions, etc. So now, how do you find a tutor? And some people do struggle with this, sometimes they don't know where to begin. Uh, on yeah. Facebook, there are some groups, yeah, like we mentioned on the previous episode. If you haven't listened to, go listen to Consultants and Supervisors. Um, in the UK, again, we're sorry, we we became adults in the UK, we work in the UK. So, well, I, I do, Lauren used to until recently. So, our, the groups we know are mostly UK-based. Um, and even our, our home countries, South Africa and Portugal, there's not a lot of support there, so... There's not a lot of sources there, unfortunately. Yeah, um, SARS. It's quite complicated. So for the UK, and we're so sorry about international listeners, um, there is ABA Autism Therapies and Families. There's also ABA Tutors Parents. And there's ABA for All and ABA Work. It also is uh, a group where you can post jobs. So through the WhatsApp groups... Um, you can go through social media or if you know other people and you can be added to ABA WhatsApp groups. And there's also some platforms. There's, I've heard about Scuddle, S-C-O-O-Scuddle, S-C-O-O-D-L-E. Um, oh, there used to be the okay. VVMAP community. Yeah, Scuddle. Yeah, some tutors use Scuddle. I think I've heard of it. It does ring a slight bell. I was suddenly like, oh, that, that makes a little bit of... Uh, well, because something's remember, pinging in my brain. Because once we were have, Because we had... A, once we had a discussion it because someone couldn't delete their profile from the app, I think. Oh, uh, yeah. And I think we, we were trying to help the person <laughs> remove oh, the dear. profile. Yeah. Oh, but I we'll think see. also, Carla, it's, you know, how do you find this? It, if you know, if you meet one person in the community, especially in, in London, where I know we were we were both based, but now we kind of moved further abroad or further away. But, you know, once you know mm -hmm. one, you'll meet a few. The community is quite small, actually, which is weird. Um, I think also, you know, Carla, if you know people in the community, the ABA community, you'll be able to find more. Um, I've met people and then subsequently met more people. And then, you know, as you as you work through with different people, you get to know a lot more. So if you know one ABA mm -hmm. professional, you probably will be able to find more. And, you know, we've posted oh, yeah. stuff on behalf of people. You know, um, we've got – we know a few groups that are we're kind of exclusive to. So we, we post on behalf of families in those groups, don't we? And um, – it's important, but, and also, you know, I think being able to vet people's qualifications, we mentioned this previously in our um, consultants and supervisors um, podcast, but it's really, really important to ask people for their CVs and provide evidence of their degrees and to, you know, supply appropriate references. Definitely. You know, it's a, we do, and, yeah. Sorry, so, No, on. you go for it. You go for it. I was just going to say, like, ABA people usually, mostly, uh, are very helpful. And if someone says, oh, can you recommend this? We're usually like, oh, okay, you have this, this, this and that. And we just, exactly. we always are, yeah, we're very willing to, to help and to give information. And I know this, this t teacher and she loves data and she's very naturally ABA. 
So we were having a meeting about our, my client that she she's her, his teacher. And we were just chatting about ABA and stuff, and she's very in line with the principles. And I told her, friend, if you go to ABA, you'll be super qualified because you're a teacher. So you already know what the kids need to learn and the order they need to learn it with. And when you understand all the behavior contingencies, I mean, you'd be the super teacher. I know. I really <laughs> wish. Know? I mean, I really wish I had become a qualified teacher at some point because I know that that would have been in a way more valuable as a step in the door um and or a speech yeah. and language therapist i was like one of those two i should have done because then i would have it would have been golden because everybody would yeah. want your opinion and we we worked with a young man who's becoming a you know a vcba now and who's a qualified teacher and i'm like he's and he's a man i'm like he is going to be the most employable person and he's such a wonderful soul I know. too he is he's so lovely yeah he's, he's amazing he's a lovely man anyway he's very funny yes um i think also we mentioned this previously um in the consultants and supervisors um episode but it's vetting people's qualifications is really 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 important do it everyone do it and don't feel like you are questioning people to ask for things you know ask for their cv question some of the stuff they put on there ask for evidence of their qualifications you know contact references and if you're not satisfied with what the references are providing you ask for more you know um check dbs that's the oh what's it disclosure bar service is that what it's called yeah wow my brain I just so. i can't believe it just remembered oh that. yeah uh, let me see i think so I, I don't know i don't remember i just call it a dbs I, yes. oh, disclosure and barring service well boom done. Well shake, done. shake the room anyway um <laughs> Um, it's in, that's what we call it in the UK, and it's just basically that you don't have a criminal record. In South Africa, we call it, you know, you get a police clearance certificate. Um, mm. I don't know if there's an education-specific one um, at the moment. There might be something, um, but yeah, it's just. I don't know. There's they're really hard. They're really hard to get as an independent. Yeah, worker. they're expensive. In South Africa, you wake up to six months to get um, the police clearance certificate. Oh my God. And depending on what areas you need to be cleared in, if you've got more, then it's more complicated. So, yeah, it's, yeah. it's pretty intense. Um, so, yeah, that's how Carl and I would go about if we had to find a tutor. And that's how we do go about if we need tutors on our programs. Yeah. It, and, yeah, and remember, it's a job. It is work. It's professional work for us, for the tutors. There's no problem in vetting. Vetting? Vetting? Vetting. vetoing i would say vet, vet, i say vetting. vetting i don't know well you're right. your native speak your native speaker so i'm going to believe you well, vetting well sometimes no i'm not right so it's like eek um it's fine there's no problem in vetting someone yeah it's not you know it's yeah. not the end of the world it's normal everyone does it for work and and also us, carla sorry just oh, to say it is yeah. your child's education this person is going to be yeah one-on-one -on -one with your child or teaching your child or influencing your child so it is very important that you find the right person just as a oh, side for note reals. yeah well and since we're talking about it being a job and work let's get to the meat of it which is the financial costs mm -hmm. uh sorry if you're if you're vegetarian let's get to the you Broccoli. know the potato of it <laughs> Broccoli. <laughs> I was going to say potato because it's very starchy. Yeah, exactly. It's very filling. Anyway, so again, Lauren and I worked a lot in the UK. So our our perspective 
perspective is more in terms of what happens in the United Kingdom. And so we're really sorry we don't know the rates in your country. So once you start paying for tutor, when will it end? So this is about what is it fair to charge? And how long are you going to have that tutor? Is it indefinite or is there a timeline? And there's also the market value because if mm. if some tutors if some tutors are charging an average a tutor I'll say in central London charges twenty five pounds an hour. Yeah, agreed. So, yeah, so that's the average. So you, they always go on the average, and I've seen some tutors who because they have a few years more experience they charge thirty pounds even though they don't have any training, they didn't attend workshops, they didn't get any training in anything else, they just, because, okay, yes, doing something for longer, you get more experience, experience true, but if you're always doing the same type of procedures, Mm. and you don't show evidence that you're learning new stuff, that you are, you know, developing your own practice, like, how can you actually say, I'm worth worth more money because I've been doing this for longer. Well, but doing something for longer doesn't mean you're actually good at it. Yeah. That's just the I mean, truth. yeah, and, varied you know. experience is different from just lengthy experience. Um Yeah, quality know. over quantity. Yeah, exactly. So definitely. And then I suppose so it, it depends. also you can oh sorry. No, that's alright. I think I suppose also, yeah. you know, it depends on on what you deem as appropriate experience. And, you know, sometimes tutors have experience with a certain type of learner and not experience with with another type of learner. And, you know, they might have to learn on the job, which is fine. Um, But, you know, they might not necessarily know what to do straight away um, because they're getting to know that young person, you know. So it just depends, I think. And also, you know, you, you, I don't know. I feel like I've been on sat in on interviews, Carla, with tutors that are applying for programs that I was supervising or consulting on. And you just get a good feeling. You're like, no, I get this one. Or this one is maybe not suited to this person. Or, you know, it's a personality thing too. Um, so, yeah, it's just sometimes... So when I used to work, it wasn't even central, it was a bit further out of central. Um, And it was the last, one of the last few uh, work or jobs that I had that was far away from my home. And I remember I was being paid £25 an hour. That commute was long. Yeah, insane. And yeah, and the supervisor came uh, to observe and I, you know, I've, I was relatively new to the program and I only went there twice a week. So I didn't have time to go through all the, the whole targets because the folder sometimes wasn't there. So I couldn't see everything the boy knew because he wasn't there. And there was, he had a bit of problem behavior when the supervisor was there, me and supervisor were doing stuff with him. And, you know, I just blocked him so you wouldn't have access to the reinforcement. So I was just standing in front of him and pointing so you would return to where he was meant to. And the supervisor preferred to physically guide him, which was, in my opinion, wasn't necessary, but it's different methods. And then at the end, we were chatting and she said, well, you, why didn't you just redirect him? I was, I was pointing. He understands that instruction. I just choose not to physically handle the child when there's no need for it. Um, Because he'll get there. I will make him go back there. But just, I don't don't like being intrusive 
which is different ways of, I'm not saying what's right, what's wrong, it's just different methods. And later on, she spoke to the mom about this, I think, and the mom basically said she wanted to pay me less because because based on the supervisor feedback, I didn't have experience in handling behavior, and I and I wasn't aware of I should have been aware of everything you know, so I could do things in the natural environment. And I said, well, but so I didn't I wasn't even given a chance to counteract. So sometimes this can happen. It's a difference of opinion, difference of methods, but it doesn't mean that a tutor doesn't have experience. And as a, a parent, it can be really hard to discernate, mm. okay, who should I listen to? They had known the supervisor for longer. The supervisor has been helping them a lot. So, of course, they trust the supervisor's view. And from my point of view is, yes, I didn't know all the things he knew because a, I didn't have access to the folder as often as I should have had because it wasn't present. And B, I choose to not to be intrusive. But so to go to travel two hours each way, so four hours commute for a two hour session for someone to be paying me less when I actually showed a lot of evidence of my experience, uh, I chose to terminate my contract with them because it was not worth it for me. Uh, so in this, this can happen. Yeah, of course. And also, yes, the pointing may have taken longer, but it also may, as you said, be less intrusive. So it is definitely a difference of opinion. And, you know, even though we're all practitioners and learn the same principles, we apply those principles differently according to the needs of the people we yeah. work with and what is effective and isn't. And maybe she was right. Maybe she wasn't. Who knows? You know, it's just, yeah. it's, um, well, it's good being, to, being phys yeah, being physically and re physical and redirecting him, it doesn't mean she's going to grab him, it just means she's going to maybe, you know, just push him a bit or, or tap like, his tap arm. Him a bit to go. Yeah. Yeah. The, like maybe will make him go, uh, quicker because maybe that's what he's used to receiving to know. Maybe that's the, that's what controls his behavior of moving because he understands, oh, this is the signal for me to move. Yeah. Uh, so, but that can also be because I don't know him for that long and I, unless it's, there's aggression or it's, you know, there's something dangerous happening, I usually prefer a non-intrusive yeah. approach, mostly because I don't like people yeah, grabbing me or touching not. me or pushing me. Never. So in that case, yeah, it was a difference of opinion. Yeah. I personally think my experience actually was pretty good. Um... So I disagree with, <laughs> I disagree with their decision. But in a way, I think it was the push I needed to kind of work in my area instead of. Yeah, you know you it's know. tricky. Sometimes you you go where the work is, and then you realize it's actually not worth the time you're spending getting there. Um, which is leads us on to like, what should people be paying for? Should they be paying for transport? Yeah. We discussed this last time, and um, yeah. I think it's quite an interesting topic. You know, um, some people do. Um, expect parents to pay, even if it's a contribution towards transport. And especially when you are working in London, like transport's really expensive for what it is to go, to take a long yeah, time. Yeah. So, you know, if you choose a cheaper form of transport, it often takes longer to get places. Um, yeah. So, you know, then you spend more time traveling, et cetera, et cetera. So I, I don't think that people should get money for transport. However, if you are... If they really, really want to use a tutor and you live quite far away, then I think, you know, maybe a contribution would be 
appropriate and helpful. Um, but that's yeah. just my thought. Um, I I agree with you. I This program that I left, they were paying for a quarter of my hmm. commute, which was very kind of them because I lived very far away. And um, the mom, she would pick me up from the station, which I told her is not necessary, but she insisted. But later on, when I decided to leave, she was actually quite upset and she brought it up that she would pick me up. And I said, well, but that's because you offered. And I... I did say it was necessary, mm. um, so it's you know it was a bit, uh, and but I agree with you. It 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 depends, and I think there's this sometimes in the ABA community, and we're gonna get lynched for this. There's this expectation of entitlement of you should pay for me to trans, but in any normal job, yeah, you do not get paid for commuting. And I've had situations where I've, that I know of situations where. A tutor or supervisor uh, decided to move further away and then said to the parents, oh, I need, you know, for me to carry on on the program, you need to contribute with petrol and etc. And I personally don't think that's fair because if you made the choice of moving further away, it's not the family's yeah. problem. Yeah. And it should be something that's discussed, you know. But like told. Yeah, it shouldn't. Yeah. 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 You know, oh, by the way, I'm going to be moving away. So it's going to be taking me longer. You know, it is going to impact my ability to arrive on time or whatever. Those kinds yeah. of things should be discussed. Um, yeah. And the same thing with the admin time that needs to be discussed. I, I had a family where the agreement I did with them was so I always took 10, 15 minutes at the end of the session to do updating stuff. But then every Friday or every couple of Friday, every two Fridays, I would have half an hour to do data mm. because I needed to update stuff in more depth and prepare resources. And so that was part of the session. So that's what we agreed on. I would do it in their home. But I had, instead of doing a session for two hours, I would do an hour and a half and then half an hour was for updating resources and targets and that sort of thing. Yeah, it's really important to have that time because otherwise it's it's not you're not organized for the next session. So it's kind of like it sort of bleeds yeah. into the next session of like, oh, I don't have the stuff and it's wasted time where you could be teaching, um, you know, mm. or, you know, assessing where motivation is, etc. And, you know, we discussed, yeah. you know, parking and, you know, we said parking is extortionate in London, not even mm. central, like surrounding and what they call greater <laughs> London is also extortionate. So, you yeah. know, if if there is no free parking nearby and you have, or you have to park miles away and it's, if it's cold and whatever, like I do think that it would be nice for parents or families to contribute. But again, it's not a, it's not a necessity. Um, it's also your chosen um, method of travel. Um, that being said, if you yeah. live out in an area that doesn't have a train and you only can get there using a car, then parking may be something that you consider contributing towards yeah. for the tutor. Um, what are your thoughts on petrol, Carla? Yeah, well, as a driver, I personally do not charge petrol. Aren't you lovely? Mostly because <laughs> it's mostly because it was my choice to get a car. It was my choice to use that as my transportation, and petrol is cheaper than the bus. Mm -hmm. Like when I when I did the maths, I I had this program. It it was only a bus away, and it was a pound fifty each way, so three pounds every time I went there, which is not a lot. It's fine. And then, but I wanted more work, so I needed a car to be able to get to places quicker. Because I lived in an area where 
it transport wise it was very full it was a university town it's just mental always in const construction work happening it's mental and and i made i did the math and actually using the car was cheaper than taking the bus and i know it's not as environmentally safe so i'm so sorry but as i mean environmentally sound but i for me financially was better um so but it was my choice i've had to go to london for work because i moved out of london and i live what four hours away from london uh and i didn't charge the family for petrol because the families because again i chose to move away i chose that yeah it, it's my choice so i personally feel that you know. The only time I've been offered petrol or being paid for petrol was because a program was out of the county and um, I could claim back, but because I didn't own the mm. car, I couldn't do it for tax purposes, so there was no point really in doing it. It's oh, like, yeah. you know, it was a bit of a, I can, a, bit yeah. of a nightmare. So, um, yeah. I, w I can deduct it in money for each mile yeah, I use the exactly. car for. So I, yeah. I could have got money back from the organization I was consulting for, but... I think it was just too much admin time to sort out how much it was going to cost me, da 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 da, da. <laughs> And, um, yeah, it was just not worth it. Um, yeah. Food is an awkward one. I, um, I'm i not sure people should be paid or pay for their food. I don't know. Maybe yeah. when it's across meal times and you don't have time to eat or you're not given mm. the opportunity. But, again, you can just bring your own food and kind of, you know, yeah. just, I think, yeah. Prepare. Yeah. Prepare the day it's before. It's a bit awkward. Sorry. I found that. I, yeah, I just found that weird. I know. I have families that sometimes offer me, like, when I'm there, oh, have a biscuit and, mm. or have this, which I think the BCBA frowns upon, but yeah. sometimes it's a bit, culturally, sometimes a bit rude to refuse food. And also weird. If the young, if you're just watching people eat, it's weird. Like, that's not socially normal. <laughs> like, that isn't a social norm yeah. to everyone else is engaging in a meal and socializing and you're just sitting there staring at them. It is very odd. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I do think in terms of social normality, it is a bit, yeah. maybe would be more appropriate to eat. Like, I've done food programs before with kids who grab food. And I used to pretend to have a meal next to them, you know, to, as food for them to grab because it would be more natural that way. Yeah, part of the program. Yeah, it's yeah. more natural. So, yeah. Carla, paying t tutors for interviews, I have never heard of that. So please tell me about I've, that. I've had, on my days, I've had cases where parents... So I, there's this lady that you and I absolutely adore. Um, oh, I know you're talking the about. The blonde yeah. lady. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she, I absolutely adore her. And She's wonderful. When I first, yeah, I met her through a supervisor of another program of mine, and I told her, oh, I would love to come and you know meet your kids, see the tutor, and just have a chat with you. And on the phone, she sounded, she paused a bit, and I said, but I'm not going to charge you. I I just I just want to. It's just an informal meeting. Like it's it's an interview. I I, I don't want to charge you. And she said, oh, I'm so relieved you said that because I've had people coming in and charge me. And I said, what? So apparently some people come in. I know. Who gets, like, if people got, this is what my husband said. If people got paid for interviews, this is all, people would only go to interviews and never get a job. I mean, yeah, why, why really would you be odd. paid? Like, they would play with... So is that, ha is that commonplace? Sometimes it happens. I've heard different parents telling me this. Like, there's someone comes, 
to chat to them. They play with the child a bit and then they charge them as a play session. And I'm just, I'm sorry, what? I told them you, you should absolutely say no to that. Yeah, sorry. that's and not if, right. If, tut- if tutors are listening, if parents are listening, say no. I'm sorry. It is completely, in my opinion, completely unacceptable to charge someone for an interview and no one gets paid for interviews. It's Mm-mm. not right. Stop that. That's where the that's where ABA then comes across as money grabbing. That's yeah. too much. Very, You've taken it too far bizarre. now. You. <laughs> one thing is, if you went for the first meeting, and the parents liked you, but then they say, "Well, we want you to come back." Maybe the second one, I might say, okay, but then for how long? Because, you know, how yeah. long does it take you to get there? Is it worth? Maybe the second one you can charge, and but discuss it with them. If someone says, oh, I need a third meeting to decide, then I'll be like, no, sorry, but now, like, it's, you know, you need to consider all the aspects of it. It's, but yeah. for one informal meeting to get to know the family, just to chat to them, to meet the child, I don't, I don't think it's appropriate. Yeah. Yeah. It, it it really flares me up. <laughs> yeah. And I think, you know, like demands, you know, like of a minimum amount of hours as a tutor. Like I remember thinking it wasn't worth And we, I think we discussed this a little bit in the consultant mm. and supervisors um, episode was, you know, sometimes the amount of travel time or whatever um, the circumstances might be, if you are only doing two hours a week and you have to travel quite a long time or it's the only two hours you have of work, you know, you it might not be worth your while. Like, you might need more time. And especially for the program to yeah. be effective, too. I think it's not only about money. It's about yeah. the effectiveness of the, the hours that yeah. you get there. Like, two hours is it's almost nothing to do loads of stuff, you know. And, and, some, um, but some, and But some kids can't handle more than two hours. We also yeah. have to think, isn't it? it? It depends on case by case. Exactly. So you might have to slowly build it up or whatever. But, yeah, I think, you know... Um, like I remember I was working for a family and I was doing like six hour days, two twice a week. And the progress oh, was I amazing. Oh, I remember yeah, that. Yeah, like quite quickly. But it was good because even though it took me like an hour to get there and an hour home, I was still getting six hours worth of time. Um, so it was actually worth my while yeah. to go and work for them. I got like, yeah, you know, the money was worth it. Um, and um, sometimes when you're doing two hours and you're having to travel you know, four hours to get, or six hours to get there, like, you know, three hours there, three hours back or whatever. It's just doesn't, it doesn't work its way out, you know. It's just not worth your time. I I came across a situation where um, the parents wanted to hire another tutor for the program and this person lived, like, 40 minutes, uh, so two buses 40 minutes away from the <clears throat> from their home, which is not a lot, 40 minutes mm-hmm. in London. It's not, it's yeah, not it's a pretty lot. Yeah, standard. By car would have been 20-15 minutes, um, and the tutor, again, very experienced, uh, but the tutor asked, she said, I need to do a minimum of nine hours a week to Whoa. meet some sort of criteria or something, and they said, well, we can't really offer that. First of all, we can't afford that. Secondly, mm. he he's currently doing two hours, and he's already and he's struggling a bit uh, yeah, with yeah. two hours... Yeah, and so and what we're offering is six hours a week. We can't, you know, and he has school, so we can't at the moment. So, so you know, it's good that she was clear about her expectations. Mm. However, it 
you shouldn't be demanding parents because you have just because you have to fill a certain criteria doesn't mean yeah. the parents are responsible for that because what happens if he's ill and yeah, they have to exactly. cancel session do they have to pay you or you know yeah. depend how long in advance do they need to tell you which that actually could be put into a contract because uh-huh. um, we uh, ideally and I'm not always great with this Ideally, you should have a contract that stipulates your responsibilities. What happens if uh, a tutor is ill or if the child is ill? Just and how long is the notice period? Because it's really important to have that black and white. Mm. Um, I'm not always the greatest. I do have contracts pre-made, but sometimes I feel very awkward about the. I, I, you know, I had to get better at it. But and I've I've had families that decided not to hire me because I wanted a contract. Uh, which is yeah. a shame. Yeah, it's a bit. It can be a bit awkward, but at the end of the day, mm. you know, if you are self-employed and you have to have, you know, a certain amount of whatever, the contract does protect you a little bit, and it is awkward. Mm-hmm. I um actually I used a contract I had in the UK um for a family here in South Africa, and because of the the law and the wording of the contract, she's like, can you change it from employee and employer? to consultant and family or something because she's like here yeah there's a thing called the ccma i don't even know what it stands for to be honest but you can take if if i worked for them i was in their employee and they fired me i could take them to ccma Mm. and like win a case or whatever so she's like that wording is just not what we use here also you're not my employee you're my consultant you consult on a program so can you and i was like wow that's really interesting well but that but that is an it is, but it's, you're still an employee technically. Yeah, I just I thought it was because you're employed by. Yeah, them. I just thought it was quite an interesting. Um, yeah, no, no, it's it's something you don't yeah. know. but it's something you don't know because you didn't grow up there as an adult. You grew up there until what your early twenties, yeah. and then your adulthood was spent here in the UK. So it's lots of stuff we don't know. Yeah, so it was actually just really interesting up. to um to. Yeah. Yeah, to, to come into contact with that and just know that that, that yeah. could be get us both into a bit of trouble, a bit of hot water. So, um, also, what about resources? Yeah, yeah. What are your thoughts on resources, Carla? How much do you think people should get paid for it? Or I mean, I think you should always clear it with the parents what you need to spend money on. I always say to parents, look, I need to get this. Um, that I found. I always try to find the cheapest option, like Amazon, charity shops, make your own. And I'm, I just try to be really clear with the parents. And then, and they can question me if they say, look, is this really necessary? And I have to think, okay, is it? And how can I make it cheaper? How can I make it more affordable? Because I've had situations where there's this boy I used to work with and he had so many toys and games and he didn't play with any of them. He just liked to do pretend play and chatting and he wasn't interested in nearly any of these toys. So... We actually gave them to charity, and the mom was really happy to give them to to people who needed it. But, but she was just well. I was, I was told to buy these things, and then he never uses them. And you know, I just think it's you need to consider the usefulness and the financial bit of it, and not just and not being wasteful, not teaching children that you know, oh, just we'll just buy this and that's that, and you can just buy whatever because. I think it's important they're aware that things are expensive and you can't just be 
buying and buying and buying, it's very wasteful, I think. Yeah, and also, if they don't like things, what's the point of that? It's just, you know, Honestly, there's just... Yeah. And also then places, areas just become cluttered, teaching spaces become cluttered with stuff. Oh, yeah. And oh, everyone gets used to I it. I remember help, yeah, help the mom. Yeah, yeah, gets used to all the stuff yeah. being around all the time. And actually, yeah. kids don't go gravitate towards it, so what's the point of it being there, you know? I was just going to say, I once heard someone say that um, just because there's an empty space doesn't mean you need to fill it. Yeah, amen. And I quite, I quite like that. You know, and I think it's, it's it's kind of rolls on a little bit about ethics, you know, um, because we're trying to yeah, be... Yeah, what is correct. Yeah, and... exactly. So, you know, um, we spoke about ethics in our previous podcast episode. Sorry for mentioning it so many times, but, you know, we do tend to try and talk about important things every time. Um, so, you know, every tutor should at least have skimmed the ethics code, you know, um, you need to know, you need to know what you're bound by. And I know that you're not necessarily, you know, bound by it as much as a BCBA or a BCABA, but, you know, if you're working within the guidelines of ABA and the principles of ABA, you should be aware of what the ethical code stipulates. Yeah. RBTs do. RBTs learn about the ethics code and they follow it. Yeah, they should follow absolutely. It. And, you know, we mentioned yeah. the code quite frequently um, in the episode before the last episode um, called ABA Programs Yay or Nay. So if you want to listen to that, it's the second part of that um, um, podcast episode. So please go and have a listen. It's just really important to be aware of these things because if you're going to be working in these fields, you need to... Be aware of what is correct and what is you're bound by. And um, if you aren't aware, your BCBA should be telling you about this or you should be doing your own research either way. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And if you want to, you know, become a tutor, if you want to, for example, if you want to do an RBT qualification, you can, you can go to the website, so the www.bacb.com, which is the the uh, Behavior Analyst Certification Board website, and you scroll down a little bit, and you'll see four titles, RBT, BCABA, BCBA, and BCBAD. Press the one under the RBT section that says Learn More, so they'll give you like a, a rundown of the procedure to become an RBT. You can do training, you can apply to schools and organizations that um, they are ABA schools, and you can learn on the job there. They give a lot of intense training. You can train with the BCBA. You can go to the registry and find the BCBA and say, I want to get more training. It doesn't have to be the BCBA in your program. You can actually speak to BCBA, arrange some sort of price or something, because if you feel like you need to learn something about in a certain area, contact people. Contact us. I mean, we'll train you. Uh-huh. I mean, Lauren's a BCBA. I'm hopefully nearly there. <laughs> um, and yet there's options. You don't, you know, it doesn't have to be expensive. It doesn't have to be super hard, like super hard to learn. It's just about making sure you are educating yourself to be the best possible uh, expert that you can be. Yeah. And also you can volunteer. I mean, if you, if you, have some time on your hands um volunteering yeah, is also yeah. an option i know in COVID it might not be as easy but you know if you really yeah. really invested in it and and i just wanted to say you know if you want to progress you're the only person that can ha- make that happen people aren't gonna in this day and age sure. people aren't gonna come and hand you some you know some massive deal so if you want to 
be a great tutor you've got to go out and get what you feel you need in terms of training um i always jumped at any opportunity to be part of any training i was like cool i'm ready to learn um because otherwise you're going to wait around a lot for life um the world's not waiting for you you know you've got to make make the magic happen so um yeah do you want to and with the internet we can do so much stuff exactly um carla do you want to end up on your thoughts seeing that i was chatting a little bit or how do you want to go about it no that's fine yeah i can cool um so with our, with end thoughts well with my thing is always about finance with parents because i've worked with a lot of families that can't afford much and there aren't many regulations in terms of prices um parents usually find it just privately and they have to debate and or negotiate the prices and sometimes a tutor salary might be paid for the council if aba is in the learners uh, learning plan the hcp other times parents pay for the tutors which is usually the case and that can be really draining and i personally think that if during teacher training so people seeking a qualification as a teacher if they're taught basic principles of aba of behavior analysis sometimes the need for specialized aba people won't be as required won't be as needed because they they'll have that knowledge and this is a topic we'll probably address in the future uh but i do think it's really important to have not just teachers different people people in school people understanding the basics of beha- how behavior works because it's a very useful skill it's a very useful life skill for you and one final thought that i want to leave with you is when you're finding for when you're finding tutors ask for cvs ask for references ask for evidence this is a job and these are normal things to ask so ask questions because you are you are the keeper of your child's education and of your child's progress and tutors as well sorry you sh- well i shouldn't say sorry but you shouldn't feel offended if someone asks you for references or for evidence because it's a normal job just because we're self-employed doesn't mean we have free reign to do whatever we want and to charge whatever we want and to you know oh now i'm going to have lots of money it's you know we need to think about these things yeah, as the well in the sense of entitlement yeah and how how does it come across how does it portray aba if we are we come across as someone of people who just want money 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 you know so those are my end thoughts yeah. what are yours cool thank you you know i just wanted to say that you know i always i think i mentioned this earlier that tutors are the front line of this whole operational team you know they're the ones on the floor who are working directly with these young people so they need support and training and to be listened to i really feel that's quite important i felt when yeah, i was a teacher agreed. i wasn't listened to as much um i feel that also teachers should be trained well and often and not forgotten or left on their own devices you know i think sometimes when people feel oh they know they know enough and it's like actually they should be in I know I said previously that they should be pushing to it but pushing for more information but also as a BCVA I would want my tutors to feel like they're progressing um exactly and you know and Carl and I mentioned also before that tutors who've worked in the field for a long time and who don't I want to say progress okay in inverted commas through qualifications you know they should have received training and are proficient in many areas but also be discerning when hiring people you know just as discerning as you would be for a consultant you know 
um, they, they're the ones directly working with your child. So they're the ones who are going to be the first person that your child sees. Yeah. So just be discerning. Be be aware of, yeah. you know, what um, what that person can bring for your child and your family. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in terms of, yeah, that's kind of our end thoughts about the podcast. So just some links and books or suggestions of online articles and recommendations. And we did a episode um, on the Hoot Chronicles on this book, Positive Parenting for Autism by Victoria Boone. So go Woo-hoo. check it out. But it's a really, really good book. Um, yeah. Parents, it's quite practical. But if you want to listen about more, please listen to our podcast episode. And Carla gave us a quote. I don't know if Bear is the right word to say, but from Bear. And <laughs> his book is How to Plan for Generalization by Donald M. Bear. Yeah, he's amazing. Um and also contact us on aba.owls.uk at gmail.com or visit our website www.abaowls.com. The next workshop is online. It will be on the 23rd of March on a Tuesday at 11.15 a.m. UK time. Anyone can join. doesn't matter where you are in the world. And the topic will be function of behavior, assessing items and activities, so about tangibles as a function. Our next podcast episode is available next month on the 5th of April. So please feel free to email us or message us on Instagram. We are at ABA underscore owls. If you have a particular topic you'd like us to address. Also, a big thank you to everybody who's listening. Like we know we mentioned this a lot, but we are so, so grateful for all our downloads and our listeners. You guys really keep us going. So thank you so much. Um, And please don't forget to rate, like, and subscribe to us. It's Chirping with ABA Owls on iTunes. And on Instagram, we are at ABA underscore Owls. And on Facebook, we're just ABA Owls. So go and find us there and give us some more reinforcement, please. Thanks for listening. (laughs) Thank you. Bye. Bye.